Today, we are talking to Sam Silverstein, an accountability expert and leadership speaker. We discuss the origin of the accountability movement, the three pieces of information team members need to stay motivated, and structuring teams to create momentum. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So I was reading your bio. You're the founder of the accountability movement. I right now at this point in time don't have a whole lot of knowledge of the accountability movement, but I really like the way it sounds, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds really smart. It sounds like something that when I hear that, I'm like every every company needs to have some form of accountability that works for them. And and so I'm curious how what the principles are of it and then how do you apply it to yourself? How do you create it? I just want to know more about the accountability movement. Okay. So I've been, I've been spending the last 26 years of my life working on helping people and organizations get better. And I had owned a manufacturing business and been part of some other companies when I wrote my first book 26 years ago and then, and then started speaking. And what I noticed actually about 10 years into that process was that, um, Everything comes down to accountability. That was really at the core of an organization being better. It was really at the core of us as people, as human beings, being the best we can be. And I didn't, you know, that's where the journey started in when that 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 candle came on, that light came on. And then I so I started researching and, and writing and doing case studies and working with organizations. And it seems like literally for the last 16 years, every time I think I've got it figured out, man, I discover a new, a new level of depth to what accountability really is and what it can be. And so the accountability movement for, for us is about building accountable communities by helping people and organization know their values, live their values and keep their commitments that's what that's what accountability is going to attach to and so you know while while i work with organizations and i i I speak for them at their annual conferences and we go in and and do long-term developments helping them build accountable uh, cultures inside the organization i also want to work in the community and we we have accountability roundtables in communities where we bring leaders together just to discuss accountability. We, we hold conversations and interviews. And, and the goal is, is to raise this awareness around what accountability really is and the power that it can be. No, that's really smart. This morning, I was getting ready, right? I wake up like 5.30 and start my day, do a little exercise, shower, make my breakfast. And... Um, I listen to motivational mashups, like different, there's this new thing on YouTube where everyone's taking all the different motivational speakers and they're mashing them up with high energy music. So it's, it's very engaging, right? For me, I really enjoy starting my day this way. And this one guy came on and his name was Art Williams. And he gave this speech called just do it. Have you heard that one? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. This is, this is, it's an older one. It was like a clip from, I believe this. 80s, maybe the 70s, 80s, but it was just such an interesting uh, clip. I the way his voice sounds and everything like that. I suggest it. it's like this five minute uh, talk that he gave at a conference in the 70s or 80s, or maybe to a large company. And it's called Art Williams. Just do it if you wanted to search on YouTube. But it, 
it was amazing because his answer to everything was like, just do it. And then when you're talking about the accountability network, <laughs> like all it, for some reason they're joining together and I'm just like, yeah, you just have to be accountable. That's the only way to do it. You just have to do it. Well, yeah. The problem that, that we run into is that, that we use a lot of words where we really don't know what they mean. And a lot of people throw that accountability word around and their definition and understanding of it may not be the way it really is or the way that it can be. And so a lot of times we find leaders see accountability as a tool. It's, it's a mechanism. They, they hold it over people or against people um, to try and get something done. And they, they think, and you know, this is going on when you hear the con, the, the common phrase, you know, I'm going to hold them accountable because mm -hmm. when you hold someone accountable, if I tell you, it, this is important and I'm going to hold you accountable. What does it sound like I have up against your head? Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound very friendly. No, it's like I've got a gun up against your head. You know, it, it's really it, it, when, when you hold someone accountable, it's about you. When you help someone be accountable, it's about them. And leadership is always about them. And so yes. at whatever level of an organization, if, if we really are growing to be the best leaders that we can be, we need to learn how to help people be accountable. And so we have to know what accountability is. Preach it. I love it. You're speaking truth. Well, I thank you for saying that. And that's, you know, that's what we search for constantly here in my organization is truth. We want everything to be based on truth. I was having a conversation with my assistant Sharon this morning and we were talking about the way that some things have been received by some of our clients and she says they jump all over this because it's truth and and so that that's the that's the key um here's how we see it in a nutshell you're responsible for things you're accountable to people you're responsible for things you're accountable to people so my accountability is between is to you um I'm not accountable for a report. I'm not accountable to take the trash out. I'm not, that report's not going to help hold me accountable or help me be accountable or anything like that. Those are my responsibilities and I need to uphold and fulfill my responsibilities. You know, whether it's around my house or if I'm an employee of yours, I need to do, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing from a responsibility standpoint. If I don't, you should fire my butt. Why would you let me stay around if I'm not doing my job? Now, accountability, well, that's a whole different thing. Accountability is keeping your commitments to people. And so now there's commitments at place and there's always people in, in, involved. And if there's people, there's a relationship. And so accountability goes so much deeper than responsibility. But a lot of people haven't figured that out yet. Oh, I'm loving you, Sam. This is awesome. All right. Yes. Yeah, so I've, I've found one of the best ways to get a group together and we're together and we're going to be accountable and we all need each other and we're all working towards the same goals when everyone understands the why. It's like, this is what we're going after. This is the goal. This is how we exist. This is what we do. This is, we eat, sleep and breathe this. And when we all understand that, then we all are excited. You know, we got Jake runs off at the podcast, comes back, Joel, look what I did at the podcast. Great. Joel runs off and I, I prepare for the show. I do the notes, everything. Look, we're going to have this best guest ever. You know, Sam, Jenny's getting the guest, you know, Jackie's setting everything up. Uh, over in her corner is so that we can all be successful and have money. And it, and we all are going after the same thing. And we all know why, because we, the why ultimately is like, we love working with each other. 
this business is like the excuse to get to work together and we need mm -hmm. everything a business needs to do it. Yeah, actually, see, the why is important, but, you know, when we work with an organization, a lot of times organizations have trouble with change. And what we've discovered, if they have trouble with change, they're having trouble with accountability. That's why everything just keeps coming back to accountability. But what what we've realized is that there's there's three pieces of information that all people need some of. And it's like, you might be a why person, but I might be a how person. And so when it comes to change or when it, when it comes to an initiative of, or a movement or what you're trying to do, some people want to know why. Some people want to know how. Some people just want to know what. They just, you know, they love you and, and you tell them what you want to do and they're on board. They don't care why or how. You just tell them what and they'll go do it. Now, the key is everyone needs something. You might need why, I might need the how, someone else might need the what. And then there's some of us that need the why, the how, and the what. But hmm. when you're communicating as a leader in those terms and you're providing that information, then what happens is you're, you're being accountable to your people. You're giving them what they need to make good decisions. And then they're able to get on board. And then they're not stuck. They're moving forward. And that's how you get that end result. It's, it's, it's not just moving forward. It's, it's a lot of times it's moving faster than the competition, not because you're making snap judgments or bad decisions, but you're able to move quicker because you as a leader providing the information your people need to be able to make decisions and move and move on to the next challenge. Yeah. And you build that momentum as a team. You get those small wins consistently over and over and over, and then it becomes unstoppable. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we, that's what we do here. I, I have a, so I have a book for CTOs, chief technology officers. And one of right. the big responsibilities is how we structure code and, and pr putting together teams of people with code. And one of the things I talk about in my book, because it's not talked about in the industry as a whole there's lots of methodologies for how to structure teams. But what, one thing that no one was talking about from a super technical perspective is structuring things, structuring your tasks, structuring your goals to create momentum. Like if you have one goal and it's really far down and you don't have any sub goals and it takes you three months to hit your goal as a team, everyone's just kind of like, Meh. but if you guys are hitting goals and like making things happen and you feel the sense of accomplishment day after day after day, and that's carried over into the next day, then you build up this momentum and that's how you get the teams that, are, are big and strong and end up doing very well. Right. And another way to look at that is also it's celebrations. What, what you're creating with those sub goals from a, from a tactical standpoint, they're checkpoints. Are we on target or, you know, is, are the, is the base, the foundation laid. So now the foundation is in, we can start building the vertical support. Once the vertical supports are up, we can start putting the walls on, you know, it's like a house. But they also create what accountable leaders recognize as important is celebration. And it's celebrating not just at the end when that big goal, as you mentioned, is achieved, but it's celebrating all along the way. It's being able to have those things to celebrate today, tomorrow, the next day. And that, that celebration is positive reinforcement. And it connects with your people because they realize that 
you believe in them and that you as a leader understand that you're going to get your solutions through them. It's not going to come through you. I've noticed that, and I can hear it in your voice too, with great, with great leaders, they have this incredible ability to understand energy within groups of people or in the room, things of that nature. And what they can, not only can they understand and feel it, but they can, they can create it. They can speed it up, make more of it or slow it down to get more productive because you get too crazy. Nothing's getting done. But if you're, if you're too slow and there's no energy, nothing's happening. So it's like, I find that great leaders are like these balancers of energy. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but that, I think that's that's pretty much on target. It's almost like they're conducting. They're they're not playing all those instruments that's making that beautiful sound, but as the leader, they're bringing it all together. And then they're supporting you and giving you what you need so that you can be successful. Because if you're successful in your job, I'm successful in mine, we're all successful, then the organization is successful and ultimately the leader is successful. I love that analogy because sometimes I see conductors who are trying to conduct and play saxophone at the same time. I'm like, put the saxophone down. (laughs) Yeah. Focus on being a great conductor and let Susie over there play the sax. She'll probably blow you away. Oh, Susie, sax, Sam Silverstein. The alliteration is just back to back. (laughs) I love it. It's just too much. I'm telling you, it's too much. Oh, so, so you, this is what you do, man. You got an amazing life. I, I love it. You go around and, and you, this accountability thing, you, you just, you're an eye opener. It's like Sam Silverstein, the eye opener. You, you're like, look, like check out that this exists and there's benefit and there's value. And then whenever there's value, you can convert value to currency. That's not a problem. So you bring this tremendous value to these organizations through accountability and, and, and allowing them to understand the accountability specifying what the definition is making it like non a negative thing and, and repainting the picture. And I, I'm going to clip that explanation of the accountability thing. And I, I'm going to play it like over, <laughs> like over and over because it's so, it's so good. I'm going to tell people about it and say, listen, you have to listen to the way this guy, Sam uh, talks about accountability. It, it's, it'll, it'll change your whole perspective of the, the term. Well, and that's my goal. And that's what, the accountability movement part of what we do is all about is to raise that awareness. When you think about accountability being commitments between people, we, we, we look at, at things like very specific commitments that we tie to accountability, like a commitment to the truth, a commitment to what you value, a commitment to stand with you when all hell breaks loose. And there's 10 very specific commitments that we believe that if leaders make to their people and deliver on them, they're going to create an accountability between them and their people that will be rewarded with an accountability from their people back to them. And these commitments aren't necessarily something that you, you, you say. It's, it's like my dad used to tell us all the time. I'm sure you've heard this. Actions speak louder than words. And Gosh, I heard it so many times. I think I might have, you know, it's like burned into my brain. But that's really what it's about. When when you lead by through your actions and those actions show that you're committed to the people around you, then you connect to them through those commitments. And there's a bond and there's a relationship a relationship. And they would rather die than let you down. And when you have that going in an organization, That organization is going to trounce the competition every single time. Oof. Yes, they will. 
Unlike a Sam Silverstein cheerleader now. Well, it's 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 just important. You know, we have this there are a lot of things going on in the world right now. And I, I happen to believe with all my heart that accountability is really at the core of solving those problems. They can solve problems on an organizational level. They can solve problems on a community level. They can solve problems, you know, on a global level. And when we're willing to say that that a, a commitment is no matter what, and that's a, a book I have coming out later this year, and that's I'm not trying to throw out a shameless plug or anything. Oh, but, do it, yeah. But the whole idea is no matter what, it's a commitment. And then what are those specific commitments that we need to keep? And the commitment is not to get you the report by 10 o'clock. The commitment's not to wash your car. I mean, all that stuff's fine and dandy, but there's so much more depth to what a commitment is between human beings. And when we discover that, we're going to discover our true accountability to each other. And when we discover our true accountability to each other, then those relationships are going to deepen. And what happens inside your organization, my organization, our community, our country, that's going to change. And it's going to change dramatically. And we see it in some companies. We see we see there's some organizations out there that do some amazing things and perform at an incredibly high level. Well, is that just luck? Why are they performing at a high level? You know, there's, there's, there's no shortage of products and services today. There's nothing out there that pretty much isn't a commodity, but yet some people have it figured out. And if it's not the product or service, then what is it? And what we've identified is it comes back to, accountability and keeping those commitments it's the people right and the, the people that have that have that skills right yeah you, you know you and i if we're going to have a long-term relationship we're not going to connect over a product or a service or a building or a piece of real estate or a car we're going to connect through a set of values you see, you and I don't even have to believe the same thing, but if we have the same values and we connect on those values, then then we'll develop a relationship. And that's all we're talking about inside of an organization, building those connections between people through the values, because you're not going to build it through the products. And it's the same in a community and it's the same on a global basis. Everybody can have their religion. They can have this. They can have that. They don't have to believe the same thing. But we do need to have a similar set of values when it comes to how we see people, how we how we believe we're supposed to be treated. And when you really create that set of values, you design that culture, either organizationally, community or globally, people start connecting. And that's when the miracles start happening. I don't want to just keep saying I love it. And yes, yes, yes. Right. I don't want to be that guy. But how long have you been doing this? Over 20 years. Yeah. You know, it's been a 20 formally, I formally started 26 years ago, 15 years ago, I realized it was accountability. But like I said, it seems like every five years, I discover a new depth to what it really is. And so we've gone from the physical side and the tactical side of accountability to the spirit of what accountability is, because that's really where the connection is between people. So what did you start with? What was your intro to the world here? And I want to also know um, from an actual, like from a business side of things, how you went about getting your first, like your the birth of you, like how, how you got your first relationships. I want to know about how you started. I, you know, I, I mentioned I had a company, I had a window and door manufacturing business. It was a family business. I was in business with family members and 
things were rocking along and we did really well. And then we hit a rock, a, a bad time and we did really bad. And then we did well again. But through all that, I started. So I started going to some seminars on uh, sales that were led by a gentleman by the name of Tom Hopkins, one of the top sales trainers, you know, globally at that time. And, and, and he's still out there and so prolific in what he does. And I got to know him and and I really loved what he was doing. And I love the way that he impacted people's lives. And through one of our conversations over lunch one day, he said his career really took off when he wrote his first book. And I noticed that people were thanking me for advice that I had given him. And I didn't even remember giving him the advice in the first place many times. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, I know it's kind of crazy. I thought to myself, well, if I can have a positive impact without trying, what would happen if I tried? And so I said, well, if things took off for Tom when he wrote the book, I said, maybe that's just where I should start. And, and that's just the way that I think. And so I wrote a book and my first book was titled The Success Model. And it's actually still out. My publisher wanted it updated and brought it back out just a few months ago. And it's called The Success Model. And it's all about personal improvement and personal performance. And I sent a copy of that book to a large trade association and they booked me to uh, to keynote at their conference in front of like 1700 people or something. And so that's where I started. I had this book. I went out and I started speaking. And then over a period of time, I realized that it was far more rewarding than the manufacturing business was. And so when the opportunity presented itself, we uh, we sold that company. And then I I've been for the last 20, I don't know, three years or so, this is what I do. I write, I speak, and then I work with organizations, helping them actually implement internally in their organization what it is that I write and speak about. That's amazing. I just, we just got this week the first or the final draft that's going to go to print of my first book. Awesome. So excited. I know. It's like a baby being born, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. It's been a year. Yeah. It's another nine months a year. Yeah. It, so the way it started was uh, I kept having these same conversations over and over with other CTOs. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to start a blog. And then I started outlining it and involving other CTOs and like, you know, what topics do you want to hear? You know, engaging them to make sure it's the right stuff that they want to consume. Right. Because they're my audience. Mm -hmm. And then we started having these conversations about the book or about the blog. We, then we turned it and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do a book because I think it'd be really cool. This, we had enough content for a book. It didn't need to be just a blog. And then uh, started having conversations with the different CTOs about the different topics to make sure I covered them all. And then those conversations were so awesome. They were so interesting and engaging. So we started recording them. And then one person, and we we're sending them back and forth to each other. Then someone said, dude, just do a podcast. I'm like... I'm like, what, what, what's a podcast? I've heard about it, but like, what is it? So then I, I hired someone to help me with a podcast, learn how to do a podcast. We turned the calls about the book into a podcast. And then it was a weekly show. Then it went uh, twice weekly, daily, twice a day, three times a day, lost my voice. <laughs> <laughs> then we had to back it on down to two a day. And then business started happening, right? People started asking us to do stuff because they were hearing our content and they're like, oh, this is smart. This is right. They're saying the right thing. So awesome. they started yeah. yeah. So then we had to back it down to one a day so that we could then spend the rest of the time that day responding to the business that came in and generating cash to grow the brand, right? Right. So it, it kind of all happened 
unintentionally a little bit, but I, I intentionally rode the wave of attention. So when I saw that the CTOs were interested in talking about it uh, and I was like, all right, let's talk to more CTOs cause it's fun. Then I was like, let's find the excuse. So I, it didn't just like happen. Like I, I was riding the wave. Right. And then I was like, let's, let's just keep pushing it. Like, let's see how far it can go. And so now we're starting this, um, conference tour thing where we're going to go to different cities and do like the, the show with different CTOs in large cities. Awesome. So we're, we're excited about that. We're going to take this thing on the road. I love that. What a great idea. Right. I, yeah. that, it just kind of happened. Uh, we were just brainstorming and we're like, we love what we do. It would be cool if we put four or five more people in the office, grow the family, grow the momentum. Well, we mm-hmm. need cash to do that. Well, how can we get cash? And then we, so we looked at it and we said, all right, let's, and then it just kind of happened. So we're, we're pumped up about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So if a CTO is listening, well, uh, <laughs> CTOs are listening, but, uh, they are looking, let's say that I'm gonna make a hypothetical. You have a CTO and he's got, uh, 600 employees, right. Mm-hmm. At a company and he's they're They're doing well. But he hears you, he likes you, he wants to know more about this accountability. They, what are some sort of like quick tips you can give that, that 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 individual can go try and then be like, this is brilliant. I had a little appetizer. Now I want Sam Silverstein to come in and like see what else we could do. Well, here's what we know. And technology is a fascinating field. I love technology. And, you know, we work with technology and engineers and lawyers and and they're kind of really focused on on how they do what they do and that's important you know there's a lot of intricacies and there's a lot of details and there's a lot of minutia that has to be taken care of because one dot in the wrong spot you know and you're you're dead right and so what i would do is it's about stepping back not looking at at the what you do And that's all important. I mean, the tactical side of your business is important, but you can buy a book to read about the tactical side. And most organizations master the tactical side. That's why they're as successful as they are. But if they really want to supercharge their success, then it's the other side of the organization, which we think is of equal value, 50% at least. And that's the spirit of the organization. That's the connectivity between people because we hear all the time, well, Oh, we want a better customer experience, whether it's internal customer, external customer. Oh, we want more creativity. Oh, we'd love to see more collaboration and teamwork, you know, or the number one problem we run into in organizations is siloed communication. Our people just don't talk to each other as well as they should. Well, all these things come down to the same issues that drive accountability within an organization. And and it's that culture that you create as a leader. If you're a CTO, then in 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 your department, what's the culture that you've created that people are living inside of? And it's only the culture that will inspire uh, accountability. It's not, accountability isn't mandated. It's not forced. It's inspired. It's encouraged. People choose to be accountable. They can never be forced to be accountable. And so I would say, I would start by looking at at the values. And this is just one little area. What are the values of your organization? Do they define, there's some very specific things they need to define. And and one of which is internal relationships. And how are those values being lived? And 
when you look at the values of the organization and how they're being lived, if they're being lived completely, 100% all the time, and that is possible and we know how to do that, then what's going to happen is you're going to design that culture in a way that's going to allow you to get the results you want. So I would start looking at the values. I would start talking about the values. I would start communicating about the values. Um, my last book, Non-Negotiable, the, the Happy State Bank Story, real it's a true story about a real bank, talks all about how they use their values to create a bank that when all the banks went south, in performance in 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, um, they were making money and their stock value went up. And let's face it, a bank is about as a commodity product as you can get. They did what they did through several things, one of which was their adherence to their values. Their values kept them on track. And so I would say to someone that really wants to create an accountable organization, one place to start to look is at your values. Um, do they define what character is for the organization? Do they define your internal and external relationships? Do they define what professionalism is? Do they define your commitment to the community? And are they lived 100% to the, to the point of non-negotiable? And when you just focus on that, a lot of things will start to happen. And so that's one great jumping off point. Ooh, that's, that's some value you're bringing right there, Sam. Well, that's the name of the game. Here's the thing with accountability, and I pretty much guarantee this. Everything that I talk about and everything I help customers and clients with, it's very simple, but I guarantee you it's not easy. And if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And it means making tough decisions at tough times. And and that's something that that we recognize as part of the process. But when you learn to be able to make those tough decisions and stay the course when it comes to the values, the relationships, and who you are as an organization, then you're going to get the results you want. Nothing, you know, nothing really good in life comes super easy. Most of the best stuff you're going to have to work for. And this is no different. That's 100% true, right? And I'm feeling you here uh, real personal because I had a specific situation. I'll be ambiguous intentionally. I had a specific situation where uh, investor was coming to me and they were having a problem in one of the companies that they were investing with, right? And it's like, we keep giving them money and they say they're going to do this and then that doesn't happen. And so what should we do, Joel? And right, they're asking me because, because the product was technology, even though it's a human thing that we're talking about, because the product right. was technology and I was involved, that's just how the relationships were in that group. So I said, get rid of them. But they didn't. They didn't want to get rid of them because of the way relationships, who knew who and what. It was a. It was a thing where the individual was ineffective and, and could not perform, but mm -hmm. and then was causing the company harm. And mm -hmm. they just kept asking me, "What do you do?" I said, "The answer is get rid of them." They give them another hundred grand. It goes away. What do you do? Get rid of them. Another hundred grand goes away. They didn't spend it. What you, they're not paying. The, they're not doing the right things. Get rid of them. That's my answer every single time. So it's like there's no question of what to do. It's get rid of them. They just don't do it. The hardest thing is to do what needs to be done consistently as well. Well, see, that's the key. It's inconsistency that lets the employees know that anything goes. And so what happens, what we see in an organization, see, we believe that every organization has an organizational culture, but some of them are culture by design and culture, and some are culture by default. Culture by default, anything goes. Culture by design means You've taken the time to identify what it is that you value. You model it as a leader. You teach it. You protect it. 
and you celebrate it and you do all of this consistently because as soon as you deviate from it, then you basically say anything goes. It's only when you live your values consistently that that the people in the organization are going to realize you're supposed to live those values. But if you let me get away with something and you don't let her get away with something, that inconsistency leaves your employees up in the air and they don't know how to act. And the whole idea is to create a place where people don't have to come to you to ask you questions all the time. They know this is how we do it here. They can make decisions. They know you're going to support them and you move forward. And those organizations make great decisions. They make them faster. And when they move quicker, they get to those 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 intermediate goals and the ultimate goal a lot quicker. And when that happens, then they reload towards the next goal. Yeah, if everyone's very clear about what's happening, why it's happening. Everyone has like a similar mind share. They all share the same values. They're all aware of the target they're trying to hit. It creates this independence in decision-making. It just makes the system more efficient. When when everyone knows what's going on, it's way easier to do your job. Right? Right. So exactly. So here's what has to happen. You, you, you define your, your culture on the front end through your values very specifically. There's a specific way to do it. And I already mentioned to you this specific things that your values must attach to if you're going to do a great job. You define the culture through the values. You model it as a leader. You teach it to everyone. Everyone in the organization is responsible to live those values. And then if someone's not living the values because you've modeled it, because you've taught it, you have the ability to go in and say, hey, you're not doing what we do around here. You know, we, we said that respect among coworkers is important. And you're not respecting the people that are working for you. I need you to change that. And when someone doesn't change that in a couple of weeks and they're still disrespecting, then you allow them to go someplace where their behavior will be acceptable. But you get them out of your culture. And yes. companies don't do that. And they instead of instead of hire slow, fire fast, they hire fast and fire slow. And everybody I've ever asked, have you ever fired someone? They go, yeah. I said, and what have people in your organization said to you right after you fired them? And they stop and they think and they go, uh, what took you so long? I said, exactly. Nobody wants to work around the person who's moaning and groaning and complaining all the time. So why do you allow them to stay in your organization? Oh, but they're my number one producer. So what? At what cost? How much is that actually costing you though, Right. Like exactly. if, if all your other people are put down or unmotivated, not productive, or you can't scale the team because nobody wants the best talent, second and third best people don't want to work with that individual, then you're just handicapping yourself. Right. Now, here's the deal. When you let that person with that crappy attitude stay in your organization, what you're saying is we do not value respect among our, our peers. And it doesn't matter how you treat people. And you can't tell me that you value and respect if you allow someone to stay in your organization that doesn't respect the people they work around. You can't. So you've got to take respect off your values because if you leave it on there, you're a liar. And nobody wants to do business with a liar. You might as well just say, hey, you don't have to respect people as long as you produce. You might as well put that on the wall, right? But no one's right. going to put that on the wall. 
Nobody in their right mind would put that on the wall, but yet that's what they're living in the organization. Now, you know, I mentioned my book, Non-Negotiable, which is about Happy State Bank. At Happy State Bank, they don't care who you are. You could be a vice president. You could be a teller. You could be a branch manager. If you don't respect the people around you and you're not treating them right, you're gone. They're not going to let you stay there. And so what happens is you have 700 people in an organization that truly enjoy working together. And so there's less stress. They know they don't have to look over their shoulder. No one's out to get them. They're moving forward. They move forward very quickly. They achieve amazing results. People love to come to work because guess what? Everyone they work with has a positive attitude. Why? Because Having a positive attitude is one of their values. And if you show up without a positive attitude two or three times, they're going to allow you to go someplace where that kind of behavior is acceptable. And if you're a leader of an organization, you have the right and the responsibility to define your culture through those values. And then by golly, have the integrity to live those values 100% all the time. Ooh, I'm going to insert some clap <laughs> post-production there. Yes. Sam, that's awesome. I'm going to, is your stuff on Audible? Do you have any of your books on Audible? Um, actually, we haven't up until this point, but my publisher, I've got three books coming out this year. And uh, when they come out, all of those books will be on Audible. And then, and then I think he's going to go back to the other ones. That would be great. I, I would love, so I'm a big Audible fan and that's like, spread like wildfire right i know so many people who consume audible content because it's so easy right and the best audible books the ones that i enjoyed the most and remember the most the author does the narration so like you have an amazing voice the inflection the tone the energy if you can on some of your older books or if it ask them just I'm telling you, it would, the review, go look at some books, right? Go look at some of the books where the author did the narration versus they hired some narrator and the reviews 10 times, right? 10 times more positive. Every, everybody loves consuming. But here's the thing. The last three authors I've talked to, like big authors, right? Mm -hmm. In the technology space or in marketing space or whatever, they said that their publishers are telling them no, that they want to hire voice actors. They want to use, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running into the same thing. So here's what I found. When there's a disconnect between what I experience in the market, I rely on my experience because it's very real to me and it works, right? And, and when I go out to the market and I talk to 100 people, Everybody says they like it when the, when, when the author has a good voice, they want the author's voice. They prefer the author's voice. And then I have authors on my show and they tell me that their publishing company is saying no, that to get a hired voice author, it does better, it performs better. It, it doesn't. It's like, it just, it can't, it can't be doing that. There's gotta be some skew somewhere. There's gotta be some, there's gotta be some incentive or some misrepresentation of some information by maybe the companies that license the voice actors. I don't know, but there's some disconnect because I have never come across a person that's like, oh, I love it when it's the not awesome author <laughs> voice that I have to listen to for two hours. Right? Nobody likes that. People pay to hear you speak. Sam, people pay you. Your whole career is right, based on you talking. Well, exactly. But that is, you know, you have to be honest. That is a unique aspect from the standpoint of, um, um, 
I am a professional speaker. I'm a past president of the National Speakers Association. I would like to think that I have a set of presentation and speaking skills, but most authors are not speakers. Just because you're an author doesn't mean you're a speaker. And so there's a good chance that um, an author isn't a speaker and isn't able to do that. And so, I mean, I can see both sides of it, I guess. So I vote for you, though. Well, I like, appreciate I that. I, I love it. I'm, I'm just becoming one of your biggest fans because uh, I feel like you're one of mine. So I'm all in on that. Yes. And I, I love you. So I'm going to get the book on Audible either way because your content is so valuable. Well, I appreciate that. Awesome. So thank you so much. You've brought so much value, Sam. There, you've, just, you've killed it. We are going to produce this. And yeah, thank you so much for your time today, Sam. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.